Hey, everybody, Coach here. Hey, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Hey, I know that not every single one of you listening or watching this particular episode has this, but I'm speaking about that landscape bed between your sidewalk and the street. We call it a median bed in the landscape industry. Usually, usually relegated to turf, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. But you can get some more creative things in that area and we're going to cover those as well so let's get started i'm glad you're here let's learn a little something shall we hey friends maestro here just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links also if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app please don't forget to rate and review the show it helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts now before diving in for some of you, I realize, you may be kind of hogtied through HOAs or other nonsensical rules that govern what you can and cannot do with these silly beds. I get that. I have seen that. And I have worked in developments where those areas, you can't do nothing but grass. But if you have a little freedom left in this country and want to change that bed here are some ideas that may make that street bed a little more creative a little lower maintenance and certainly more useful and functional it really kind of all depends on what meeting city government and who maybe hoas governs the care and maintenance of this no man's land part of the landscape Many homeowners are responsible for the landscape care of this area, and a great way to tell is who waters it. Is your water watering it from maybe your irrigation, or is it the development water that is irrigating these strips out there? That's a really good way of telling. The other way, obviously, is to call Mother May I and find out. You know, either the city or if you have an HOA board or whatever. What can you do with that particular area? Most of the time, another way is who takes care of it? When you move in, are there landscape contractors that come in and maintain that medium strip in front of your home? That way you can tell. Chances are you probably can't change it. But if you're tasked with the responsibility, then chances are you can do what you want with it. So. For the sake of conversation and for this episode, let's just say we'll assume you can do what you want. So idea number one, historically, this bed generally gets dealt with a swath of turf, usually. It's just slapped in there and maybe a single tree or two, depending on how big and how long the bed is, adorns this area. Now, for some more progressive codes or HOAs, some things have to be done in order to prevent things down the road. And what I mean by that is oftentimes in the past, especially where I live, I don't know, you know, kudos to those intelligent landscape architects and shame on those who have never put anything in the ground or who just randomly come up with the idea that a sycamore tree can go into a four foot wide 
strip between concrete and think it's going to be okay long term. Many times I had to deal with this. So turf is okay, and if it is properly maintained, it can look good. It really can, depending on how it was installed. Turf in these areas, depending on where you live, over time can tend to mound up a bit. So that if you look at it lengthwise, it's almost a crown, the ornamental tree or whatever, and then some scraggly turf and maybe invasive weed coming in, etc. That's how it looks years and years later. It doesn't look that way when it first goes in. It always looks okay. But here's a couple ideas if you end up landscaping or re-landscaping your area out there that can help if you choose to do turf so that it stays a lot more functional. When it starts to mound up and get that crown to it, it becomes much more harder to mow. It becomes much more harder to edge. It is certainly much more harder for someone to get out of a car and cross over. And oftentimes the irrigation sprinklers stop reaching up and over the turf in order to water correctly. So if you're doing this, many times this area has to be renovated total renovation in order to put it back the way it should be. This area has to be renovated with turf removal, lowering of the soil level again via excavation, tree root trimming, generally do it late winter or very late fall. I would say late winter so that you don't do any shocking to a, a tree that's out there. And then making sure that all the irrigation is working if you have it and then putting in new sod or new seed, whatever you decide to do. If you're doing sod, if you're doing sod, which I am just such a firm believer in, if you have Bermuda grass in your area as a, a wild grass, as an invasive grass, not as your selected grass, although there's some really neat hybrid Bermudas out there that you can put into colder climates, oh man, they're so almost like a putting green. If you have Bermuda grass in your area that is kind of invasive, beware because it is the main culprit of this increasing mounding and maintenance problem look that comes along. So if you are renovating the bed, here's a suggestion for you. When you are finished and your grade is done, check to be sure that you are a half to three quarters of an inch below the top of the curb or the sidewalk when you install your sod. That way, the soil part of your sod fills up that last little bit of grade, that half inch, three quarters of an inch, and only the turf grass, the green part itself, sits up above. So when you mow, everything is nice and flat, and it's not mounded. You don't have your soil all the way up to the top of those grades of the curb or the sidewalk and it will stay nicer for so much longer another suggestion i i generally tell folks and that i did when i was contracting and that is dig yourself a tree root barrier if you're putting in a new tree chances are you can't do it if it's an older existing tree you you'll just have problems is putting in a root barrier along the sidewalk along the curb side so that the roots that come out from your newly formed tree 
you know, as it's growing, it doesn't get so lazy that it just stays up where the turf grass is. It actually goes down. And the way you can really encourage it going down is by putting in water wells alongside this new this new tree that you're planting out there. And water wells, as you can look up, put out by the NDS company and some other ones, they're basically where a drip or a soaker part of your irrigation system drips down three feet underground and waters from well below the root ball. And it will force the tree to want to seek water down deep rather than stay up shallow and infest your turf grass thus resulting in five, ten years down the road, you've got that mounded look all over again. So obviously, turf grass is one of your selections that you can do here. It's not my first selection, but as you will see coming up, it is a selection and it can be modified just a bit. The other thing is, is if you're deciding to modify this area and you have an existing tree there, maybe it's brand new, maybe it was planted by uh, the development landscapers as a result of the overall plan, find out what that tree is and find out what its mature growth habit, etc., is. And if you have a tree in a four-foot median that is something that's supposed to be 50 feet tall with a trunk on it that can be three feet wide and can hang over the street 50% and over your roof, that's not a tree that you really want in there long term, especially if you're responsible for it should it become a problem like a blowover, like a sidewalk damage, like street damage, and the city or the county turn to you and go, well, it's your tree. You take care of it. If it is your tree, ask and see, inquire if there are other selections that you might select from and put one of those in. Here's a classic example. In Northern California, where I was from, back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, some cities around there, uh, including the one I was from, loved Modesto ash, loved sycamore, and they used these things in these street medians. And one particular town there decided to put in sycamore in and around their brand new multi-million do dollar downtown cobble street right downtown and then they put the sycamore in this four by four curbed enclosed area and they did put a root well in it they did do that but <laughs> the last time i saw it that street is absolutely rumpled absolutely rumpled and it was just no forethought, no thinking whatsoever. And I even mentioned to a city inspector when they were doing it, you know what's going to happen, don't you? Oh, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, if it happens to be for you, change it, you know? Change that tree out if you can. Instead of a sycamore or an ash or a maple or whatever, you know, ask if you can go to a Chinese pistache or something smaller in nature. If you have to stay with maple, maybe you go with a like a bohol maple or a something something else that's not nearly as aggressive and large in size as it matures. Cuz it will. Trees are smart. They're going to go where they have to go to survive and that may mean right underneath your sidewalk 
and you see that heaved up sidewalk from poor tree selection. Try to avoid that if you can. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about our second option, which for me was kind of my, uh, one of my trademarks when I was working. So the second idea is based on creativity. And as a landscape designer and contractor, I had to come up with ideas occasionally that were different from everybody else. And I would be asked that at the kitchen table interview. You know, we don't want what everybody else has, Matt. We want to have we, we want to have something a little different. What can you do for us that's just a little different? Enter the lawnless landscape theme, which was extended out beyond just the front yard and to the street median. The lawnless landscape theme came along two droughts ago in Northern California, but it can be applied anywhere. And so when I was doing designing and I would get this question, and they'd say, you know, we don't want to mow a lawn all the time. We don't have to water a lawn. Water is so expensive here on the, on the meter and blah, blah, blah. So I came up with the lawnless landscape that would work out in that median area and then also be tied to and congruent with the main landscape of the front yard. Okay, so in this particular case, we do not use turf at all. We can use the installed irrigation. That's fine. I may have to modify the heads to be a little different, a different, like a side strip or something like that. But I used um, freeform poured concrete stepping stones and ground cover of various kinds. Now, when I talk about free-formed concrete stepping stones, I used to get a 50, 60, or even an 80-pound bag, and I would mix the concrete up. And I would mix it up so it was kind of thick, but it was malleable at the same time. And I was able to free-form it so that it wasn't the standard circular stepping stone. It kind of had a random kidney shape or whatever I could create in my head or at the time, and make them into kind of free forms and I could kind of interconnect them throughout the median bed spaced apart strategically where people would be getting out of a car and stepping across this area and I would form them up smooth them out embed some leftover rebar if I had it or chicken wire or concrete reinforcing wire I would custom cut it and kind of embed it down in there for reinforcement and then I would let it dry. I would tell my homeowner if they had already moved in to moisten them a couple times, you know, over the afternoon so I didn't get a crack. And then after they cured a day or two later, I would come back and I would stain them. I would stain them something other than the typical gray. It would be more of a coppery earth tone color, something other than the standard gray. Various colors. You can find it through... Uh, any of the box stores, you just look for a concrete stain or a specialty concrete store, you can find concrete stain. And then I would, I would backfill the bed up to just about the top of these stepping stones, which were about two and a half inches thick. So you know I had to recess that bed down quite a bit and then backfill around it. I would moisten it all down tremendously and I'd let that bed set overnight so that it drained out, but all the soil kind of firmed up. And then I would come back and I would plant. My ground cover choices were generally limited. And I, when I say limited, I had to make sure I made choices that were not too high growing, 
not too aggressive to where people were having to get out there and edge as much as if you had a lawn. And they were very low growing, generally within a couple of inches high. And that was it. My main top five or six choices came along creeping thyme. I used that a lot. I also used, depending on what the exposure was, sun or shade, uh, I used scotch and Irish moss. I used creeping mint on a few occasions. The one I used quite a bit is called Daimondia. I invite you to look that up. Very tight-knit, very low-growing, and also the smaller stonecrop sedums that I used to get in cell packs. Not the mud flats. They didn't perform as well, but the individual cell pack stuff I used to get as uh, stonecrop sedums, the real small ones, and check those out as well. And then I would plant that. I'd come back and I would top dress it with a, a clean, not a peat moss, but more of a, a compost. I would not use bark because bark just, it didn't stick around very much. So I'd use a, a compost and then I would moisten that down really good, water it in really well, and then stand back and go, yeah. And I'll tell you what, it caught fire. People were having contractors, other contractors, my competitors, they go, hey, I don't want what the Smiths have down the street. I think that looks really good. I really want that. And once again, what's the old saying? Something about plagiarism is the highest form of flattery or something like that. Remember when you do your stepping stones, whether you pour them like I did or you go get, you know, your own precast ones at a store, whatever it is, uh, place them strategically so that if two cars pull up in front of your house next to the curb, where are the doors going to open and where are passengers going to get out and cross this area? When you have a soaking wet turf in the wintertime or you have it in uh, just watered in the summertime, people don't want to get out and tromp across wet grass, especially if ladies are in heels or in those really low flats that girls wear now. You know, it just soaks their feet. So giving them a durable surface on which to cross really is convenient. And it also looks good too. So check it out. So lastly, our third option is a hybrid. It's a hybrid between the two ideas we've already covered, the turf and then the ground covers. In this one, you literally pave. Say you have a, uh, an area in front of your home on the median that goes from your driveway area down toward your property line area and maybe it's uh i don't know 35 feet long maybe we'll say 40 feet long maybe you have a little wider lot than the average lot in this case you're actually going to come in and pave two or three strips from the sidewalk to the curb and when i say pave you can use uh, paving blocks you can use stepping stones you can use concrete anyway but you're going to pave across and then in between those you are going to landscape and using either a turf in between there or you're going to use the ground cover idea which whichever way it is so that you give yourself a permanent albeit not quite as aesthetically pleasing as idea number two uh, a permanent place for your guests and for your family to get out and cross across there without stepping off into wet ground cover or stepping off into wet turf. 
And this area tends to be used in some places, not very often anymore, because it's an old-fashioned type of landscape out there for the street median. But it does work. You may have to augment your irrigation a little bit. Just be aware of that. Because sometimes those strips will be right where an opposing irrigation head is, and you might have to cut and move it a little bit. Eh, maybe just a little bit. But as long as it pops up above your paving, pops up above your turf or ground cover, it will still be functional. Your strip will just get a little bit wet. So what? Who cares? Now, as a bonus idea for you, if you truly have freedom, uh, I have seen some wild, crazy street median beds planted up. I've seen them where they've become vegetable gardens. I have seen them when they've become tall sunflower areas with the, the huge blooms. And I've seen them with wild perennial cottage bed type of gardens created with perennials and ground covers and bulbs and flowers. Your imagination is the only limitation. And in this particular case, I just caution you on the amount of maintenance and certainly your horticultural prowess and importantly, your time. How much time can you dedicate to it? If you have lots of time and that's what you want to do and you're kind of allowed to do it, hey, knock yourself out. But just remember, six and eight foot sunflowers out there, eh, I think they could probably be better used in another location. But, you know, to each their own. But I will say this, wrapping this up, thinking outside the box a bit can make you and your property stand out and stand out in a very good way from everybody else, from every Tom, Dick, and Harry that is out there in the neighborhood. You will, like I mentioned before, you will be surprised how much you are copied if this is something new and you did it right and it turned out good. Hey guys, that's what I have for you this week. That stupid little median bed out there between your sidewalk and curb, oftentimes an eyesore, the older ones, they truly are, but you can make them nice. Lastly, if you are allowed to do it, man, take that whole stuff out there and gravel it in. Put a fabric down, gravel it in, make it nice and level. Don't mound it up and make sure you use it with stepping stones so people can cross. So they're not walking across gravel, and kicking gravel across the sidewalk or out in the street. Man, I hope you learned a little something. Hey, if you're over on the YouTube channel, I'll have a lot more pictures regarding this. And if you don't mind, please tell a friend. And if you're watching this, this one is a little shorter in length, but <laughs> I have learned that I can't, just cannot please everybody all the time. So I stopped trying months ago. So this particular episode is just a little bit shorter. But it doesn't mean you didn't get some value out of it, I hope. If you have any landscape questions, feel free to drop me an email or drop a comment over on the channel. I would appreciate it very, very much. Here to problem solve your landscape problems. And as always, to your landscape success, I will catch you guys next Friday, every Friday. You guys take care for now. Bye. Hey friends, Maestro here. Just dropping a reminder to check out the podcast description for discount opportunities and any important links. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on a specific app, please don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps us grow and continue to provide these free podcasts. Again, thanks for listening to this week's show and we'll see you right here next week.